Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast that pairs the albums of Billy Joel with fine wines. From Cold Spring Harbor to the River of Dreams, grab a glass of your favorite vino and let's dive into the work of the Piano Man. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast where we're going through the albums of Billy Joel and fine wines. I'm Corey Cavan. Yes, we're going through every fine wine. Every. Some Billy Joel albums, <laughs> or listen, the other way listen, around. We're we're listening to Billy Joel albums and drinking wine, so you don't have to. Exactly. Today's episode is kind of an interesting one because yeah. when we started this podcast, we you know obviously wanted to do every studio Billy Joel album. Yep. And you look at a discography, and uh, there's live albums in there. Um, I think we probably off the bat didn't want to do any compilations or best ofs, mm-hmm. but. Live albums are kind of in this weird middle ground because for a lot of people, the live albums are as important and essential as the studio albums. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say, so I've told some people, you know, this is a Billy Joel and wine podcast, but you know, I also have said this is just a wine and music podcast. Yeah, for sure. So yes. So today's album is uh, songs in the attic and it's a live album. That Billy Joel put out between Glass Houses and Nylon yes. Curtain in 1981. Yeah. And uh, as as always, we're going to be drinking some wines, but we mm. thought that uh, because it's a live album, it's a little bit different. We're going to go a little bit different. The name of the album is Songs in the Attic. Yeah. And the kind of, yeah. 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 What the songs in the attic are doing? Oh, God. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so we're so we're gonna be live. We're just gonna no, have piped in audience noises our entire time. You're not following us on Twitch. Oh, there they are. Yeah. But yes, you're right. It's yes. a live album that came out in 1981. Yeah. So it's called Songs in the Attic. And what's unique about this album, and we'll talk about this quite a bit, is you know he was at the height of his fame um, at the time. He had just come off of a string of very well known albums with some huge top 40 pop hits. Mm-hmm. The songs he picked for these. Happened to be ones from way earlier in his career. Yep. Which is kind of an interesting counter move. And it's called Songs in the Attic because it's kind of like, let's go up in our attic and see what we got up there. I I liken it kind of to someone today going on their Instagram or their YouTube account or saying like, hey, for all my new... What's that? Throwback Friday? (laughs) First of all, it's called Throwback Thursday. Whatever. But I thought you were trying to say Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain? Someone going on the Twitter being like, you guys seen Brokeback Mountain? (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's crazy, man. Ang Lee really shook things up there. Took two straight actors. It was crazy. It's great. That guy with the Joker guy, he's great. Man, he's great. Yeah, Michelle Williams. Anyway. Um, no, but it's kind of like someone saying like, Hey, to all my new followers, mm-hmm. thanks for, it's him being like, you know, me from the piano man, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You might not know Cold Spring Harbor. You might not know these other hits. It's right. basically just like him digging up the old stuff, which at the time in 81, yeah, kind of a way to be like, Hey, you, I mean, the only way you're going to hear this stuff is radio play. Sure. MTV is not a thing. Yeah. Uh, people are buying like vinyls and eight tracks and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's well, a way yeah. To, I, and I think a little. A little later, Educated we can go family. into, you know, what what is the point of a live album in general? But I think that this definitely was going against the point of a live album. But before we get to that, uh, oh yeah, wine. My long way away, my long circular logic thing is that this is songs in the attic, mm-hmm. and it's you know some old stuff dug up. 
We usually have Catherine from, um, Celery, from Wines. Celery Wines give us some lovely selections of wine to pair with albums. We thought this was a different album, and it's about getting some, you know, stuff out of the attic. So I figured we are, we're just going to drink some bottles of wine that we have laying around the laying around the house. Yeah, being in New York City apartments, we don't really have attics. No, but we do just have corners of our apartments. Yeah, so we still uh, have like spooky ghosts. We got spooky ghosts yeah. everywhere. You know that probably. Every apartment you've lived in, yeah. someone's died in it. Oh, 100%. Also, it's, yeah. a, it's a different episode. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's... Uh, We're, we are breaking. People are going to come into this episode and they'll be like, this, they just fucking went... This is totally different. Yeah, it is. I mean, also, you know, it's seven minutes of preamble to get you ready for this. I mean, it's insane. It's totally different. Um, yeah, Happy New Year. Here's the thing. Every song we're going to be talking about, we've talked about before. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I, I mean... I like these songs. I think it's a good selection, but I think I think we'll be a little loose with this one, baby. Let's get loose. Yeah, but speaking of getting loose, only technically only one of us is going to be getting loose because uh, you know we, we're in our second season of the show now, and uh, it's a brand new year, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey's doing what many folks do on the first month of the year. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it this year, but you want to you want to explain? Uh, I'm doing a little thing called Dry January. It's basically the. Uh, uh, it's I guess the it's the new terminology for sober October in this part of the year. Yeah, I've never heard that before, but yeah. You never heard of sober October? No. Oh, I know a lot of people do it. It's a big thing. I know. What do I know? Anyway, I'm not drinking wine. Yep. So what I'm gonna do is uh I'm gonna <laughs> swish it around in my mouth and I'm gonna spit it in a metal cup. Yeah. Which you know what? It it, it sounds stupid, but it is a very proper uh yeah, it's in proper form in terms of, of being a wine fan. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a lot of times when very professional wine stewards and sommeliers and, and professionals are tasting tons of wine over mm-hmm. a long period of time, they have to spit. Yeah, because the amount of wine that they're tasting, uh-huh. it would make anybody drunk. Yeah, because they're just tasting and so they're much wine. on the job. So yeah, totally. spitting is absolutely accepted. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope you actually are going to be spitting throughout because it's well, it's easy to say, oh, I tasted this once and then you're going to make me drink two entire bottles of wine. Yeah. You know, I actually thought I was like, I think I'm going to try to spit as much as I would drink for yeah. the whole thing. So I'm going to try to taste okay. as much as you drink. Yeah. And then at the end, I'm going to drink his. Spit. You're going to drink my spit. <laughs> and we're going to do that live on. Uh, All right. So uh, let's let's uh, cork the first attic bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, so white. Bottle of white. Oh, we're doing the white first. That's right. That's the name of the podcast. That is bottle of white, bottle of red. So the Corbin. first, the first one. Um, <laughs> this is something I had on my shelf. Oh my um, god! I had a version of, I had a red version of it too. But this one, mm-hmm. there's so there's a mansion in uh, in the mountains of North Carolina. Yeah, called the Biltmore House, the Biltmore Estate, mm-hmm. uh, built by the Vanderbilt family, George Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, one of the wealthiest families in the history of America. Yeah. Um, and the the Biltmore State has, I, th- I think they have a winery, but this is called Christmas at Biltmore White Wine. Going to go ahead and say that probably anything Catherine has given us is probably better than this white wine. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read. We might lose Catherine. She might listen to this episode and just kind of <clears throat> give us a nice note of how she's never going to work with us again after we Absolutely. talk about this wine. Totally. Um, I'm just going to read the back. Uh, yeah. American white wine. Enjoy this fragrant, semi-sweet white wine with all your favorite holiday flavors. Uh, maybe it's got some cinnamon. Uh, 
our 2022 Christmas at Biltmore White Wine label features original artwork. All right, by so this Clarison is the, you were talking a month ago. Yeah, yeah, this is okay. A, yeah, this is a month ago. So anyway, it's I'm gonna great. go ahead. And, nice, nice young vintage. Nice young vintage. Uh, here's the thing: it was released in 2022. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a chance that you know maybe it was yeah. uh, made before that. Um, Corey, Corey is actually cutting the foil. I'm trying to cut the foil. I'm just gonna forget that part. I would just yeah. Okay. Right, I just want to point out what the the label looks like because it it yeah, lo- it looks like a, a what, like a Thomas Kincaid yep like painter of light yeah painter of light <laughs> it looks like a Christmas uh, scene there's a tree and a mansion and uh, I guess a more mansion and a dog and a sleigh and yep. uh, yeah and then just the words white wine yep which uh, yeah we don't know oh. what we don't oh yeah I hear that we don't really know what kind of white wine this is. Oh boy. Okay. Um. Ooh. All right, that's Bills. Mm-hmm. Bill, I didn't. You, I didn't bring a joke wine. I feel like you went straight for the. Well, it's the only white wine I had in my attic. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're when you're in yeah. the middle of dry January, you're not really buying a lot of wines. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Here we go. First wine I've tasted all January. Mm. Here we go. Mm. Oh, God, I just spit it in there and it splashed back and hit me in the eye. <laughs> oh, God. Happy dry January. Yeah, right. Okay, so mm. very sweet. Like, kind of gra- not really grassy, more like green apple Very sweet. It's possible it's a muscadine one, which is a big North Carolina thing. Yeah. Um, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, it's not great. Um, it's you know what it'd probably be good to do is well, make the a money's s- going towards the Vanderbilts and you know, <laughs> they're in, in need of money right Listen, now. Listen, man, it's been tough for rich people. I don't think any of them made it out of the pandemic making more money. Wait a second, they mm. um, it kind of tastes like it'd be good to make a sangria with or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of tastes like juice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Mm. So Corey's just swishing. Mm. Mm. Damn, Gina. Okay, well, um, sorry about that. Yeah. Let's uh um, right, let's get into the tunes, bro. Let's get into the tunes. So, okay. Yeah. Let's do a little bit a little bit of history. Yeah. Um Songs in the Attic, like you said, the first it's it's Billy Joel's first live album released in eighty one. Um <sighs> <laughs> it's so bad. Um I might just start spinning too. I mean, not not because I'm doing dry. I just, it, yeah. It's. Do you remember there was a time when we got you? Yeah. Uh, I brought a bottle of wine to this uh, party we were at called Jam Jar. It's an Australian. Oh, yeah. It's an Australian sweet. sweet I thought you were saying the party was called Jam Jar. I, I wish like, I was gonna party like that. <laughs> um, Welcome like, to Jam Jar. <laughs> I put your keys in the glass. <laughs> um. Uh, the jam jar was an Australian sweet Shiraz. This kind of reminds me of that. Mm. Like, too sweet. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, we'll get to it. The, I brought an Australian Shiraz. Mm. Okay, so a couple things. Um, uh, yeah, this uh, this came out September 14th, 81. Mm-hmm. Produced by Phil Ramone. Yep. So Billy's... And he's, Billy's, Billy's red hand. Yep, and Billy's playing with the full band. Yeah. Stegmeyer. 
Richie, Rico, R- Rico. Richie Canadi, Canada. Um, yeah, he's playing with he's playing with the whole crew. Yeah, the crew. Um, he, uh, um, yeah. You talked about the artwork before yeah. we sat down. The artwork. I gotta say, it, it, it's. I think it's front runner for my favorite. I mean, I I like turnstiles, mm-hmm. and I like. I mean, Glass Houses is one of those funny we talked about, just kind of mm-hmm. punny thing. I actually think the art design on this is great. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a pulp novel. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like a pulp novel. It's uh, it looks like a Hardy Boys novel, mm-hmm. like we were saying. <sighs> yeah, wine his, is, his wine is very bad. It's, it's not good. Um, yeah, so uh, looks like a Hardy Boys novel. It's Billy. Um, yeah, finding some songs in the attic. Yeah, um, is he seeing? Is he seeing a piano, or is he just seeing a bunch of songs? We're seeing songs on a piano. I it looks like it he like heard. A, he was like, you know, he's downstairs. You know, it looks like his grandmother's house. Yeah, and he's like, I gotta go upstairs. It looks like he was. He looks like he was in the middle of like a makeout session because his shirt's like, yeah. very wide open. He's in a makeout session at his grandma's house, <laughs> and he's, he's like, like I gotta go. He's like, hold cool. on a sec, honey. I gotta go cool off. Hold that thought. I think I heard something in the attic. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and he, you know, he has a giant. Mag light yeah. flashlight, yeah, which I think is probably him projecting in some way. Yeah, it's like two feet long. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. And um, uh, yeah, and then he's just shining it on a on he, a piano. He found these old songs of his. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is exactly what he was thinking, but but the history behind this talks mm-hmm. about how he recorded all these earlier albums with studio musicians. Now he's got the Joel Band. Yeah. So this is kind of like a way to bring out that other that old stuff to yeah. to an audience with with like the full Joel Band now. I mean, it's it's Billy's version. It's Billy's version. We've talked about We've this talked a about lot. This. I, I mean, Taylor's version, Billy's version. Yeah. yeah. I I, I, I kind of see a lot of parallels between the mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah, and and we get we have songs kind of from pretty much most of his first four or five albums. Yep, up to Piano Man. Yep. Um, yeah, and 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 ones that I think are interesting because they're not they're not the first choice you would make. Absolutely. So let's go but ahead. The first song on the album is definitely yeah the first choice. So the first song on the album, uh, a song that we have talked about that we love before. The first yeah. song on the album. We actually can we actually just play. The first noise you hear on this album, because I feel like it's it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like false advertising of what's gonna come after it. Okay, here we go. This is a live album, obviously cheering. I think. <laughs> sounds like sticks or something. It sounds like like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. It just sounds like you're about to get your your like. But get face melted off. Yeah, but you're not gonna get it melted off. It's gonna be a lot of piano. Yeah. It's like the audience is listening. Yeah, and then freaking Miami 2017. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of I have a bold prediction for mm-hmm. this album, mm-hmm. or a bold not a prediction, but like a bold statement about it. Yeah. Um. I think that. Maybe not with 2017, but I yeah. I think at least half the songs on this album are better on this album than they are on the original albums. Wow. I mean, that maybe... It's a bold statement. It is. Maybe not Maybe not this one. Let's this, take a tally. I don't... I think, no. I think the original is better. I think the original of this is better. Maybe think, this was a wrong time I mean, to make I, that. Just even hearing that initial 
piano, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot more like tinny and high up than what I, Oh, God. Mm. I envy you for not having to imbibe this. I know. I'm sorry. Foul. Um, but you're saying that the opening piano on this is a little a little different than yeah, and I get what they're like. I'm getting what they're going for. Definitely hammering on it. Yeah. Any way we can hear the original? Here's the original. Yeah. A little more delicate. The original starts yeah. off with that that same, and it yeah. also has sirens in the background. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a little more full full body. Yeah. I, I, will, I will say this: piano is not an easy instrument to kind of capture the soundstage of live. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I and this is kind of it's very interesting because it's it's great to be in the room and hear it, but I think that. The actual kind of like percussive side of the keys mm-hmm. making that noise mm-hmm. is always going to be lost under whatever amplification you're using. Like, um, like, like, see, having a microphone next to a piano and you're hearing the actual notes coming from the piano is right. way different than what I'm assuming that he used in, in the show is just, uh, you know, an electric piano, which then got amplified with the, the sound mix, which right. to me, there's always going to be something lost. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, I, I wonder if they're micing a baby grand or anything like that when he's first playing it. Possibly. I mean, I think he played keyboards though. Yeah, maybe he did. Let's. This is. I seen the lights go out on Broadway. I saw the Empire State I mean, it's pretty cool hearing everyone cheer in the background. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's not even, I was, it, it's, it makes sense to open it up with this song because yeah. I think that people probably love this song from him. And so it's a very strong opener for a live album. And and as we've said in podcast past, this is a gem, this song. It's a fantastic so song. So good. It still holds up. It still holds up. And it's buried as the last track of Turnstiles. Yeah, which is so, kind of wild. To think that it's almost like, the thesis of this album, which is to kind of be like, all right, I'm taking these songs. I know they're great. I know that they didn't get the appreciation they should have. Yeah. So he's, he's bringing that to the front. He's bringing this, you know, final track from an album to the front of this mm-hmm. new one and kind of representing it. I mean, this is live at MSG. So this is like, this is like. So that's, a, that's kind of one of something I wanted to ask because th- this speaks to a lot about live albums, which is. Are you listening to a live concert start to finish, or are you listening to the best takes of the best songs from a tour combined? The latter. You're listening to the best okay. takes. It's it's like the Guns N' Roses live album, right? Which is like just from all over the world from yeah. their two year uh, User Illusion tour. So what, I find that very interesting because I think that they're both kind of very different vibes, and they're mm-hmm. both they both are serving different purposes from each other. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a discography for a band, they both pop up as, oh, is a live, is their live album. Mm-hmm. But to me, a live concert is a lot different than. Oh. I almost think the purpose of an album that kind of like edits and takes from different places and puts it all together is to be yeah. like, let's let's get 
let's get the takes of these songs that are as close to the ideal, the studio version as we can. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I don't know if I like that necessarily. Yeah. Because you would rather hear like, you would rather well, just, hear like Billy Joel songs in the attic live at Shea Stadium or something like that. I guess so. I, I guess I would, I, I don't know what, like, this speaks to what is the point of a live album? And I'm not saying this because I think there's no point. I, I like live albums, but I wonder sometimes, is it to recreate the experience of seeing something live? Yeah. In which case, you know, you want the banter, you want the, you know, the differences in the songs, you want the extended solos you don't get on the thing. You want it to feel a little different. Right. Or is it trying to, like, give you studio versions of songs that you've heard already and that you're basically just hearing the same song again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this era, the, the, the late seventies into the eighties is kind of the king of the live album. And I think a lot of those live albums just tried to recreate the studio versions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, which is why my bold statement earlier mm-hmm. was that <clears throat> I think that, some of these uh, are, oh, it's weird. It's like, I feel like I'm getting a headache and I'm not even swallowing it. Oh, I'm definitely getting a headache. Yeah. It's like, it's like a candy juice. Yeah. It kind of tastes like wine you buy at a gas station. I've never bought. I, I mean, I'm from New York. You can't really buy wine at a gas station. You, I guess wine, the, you buy wine at the grocery store in New York. That's not real wine. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's got that vibe. What's the alcohol content? You know? 14.5. Holy God. <laughs> Sorry, 13.5. Yeah, I mean... Still still pretty high. Still pretty high for something that's, like... You just wonder what the, like, sweetness is really masking. It kind of tastes like a blow pop. Yeah, you know? it's like a candy... Very, candy, candy very crush. much. Like a, yeah, very much, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, like... That's why I was saying that some of these, I feel like, do a little bit of justice to yeah. some of the songs because they have the live energy of it being played. Right. Um, and I think this song is a, is a tough one. This song is always going to be a banger live. It's a banger on the album. This yeah. is, this is like a, an ender, right? You know? So it's like, I, it's, I'm making that statement. This, this is not a good example of yeah. it. You'll, I think we'll hear it more later. It's interesting because, like, throughout this album, there's like many times, like, there's Los Angelinos. He says these name places, and people just cheer. It's called Summer Highland Fall. People do cheer. People do cheer. No one thinks about Highland Fall. Fall. No one's like, Highland Falls! Highland Falls! Shit! So, yeah. This is, this is live at the Bayou in DC. All right. I'm glad you did. Okay, so. July, July of 80. Uh, July of. 1981. So already, I mean, this, I, we talked about this song. This is on not Cold Spring, is it? No, it's the, on this, this song. Is on uh, Turnstile. Turnstile. Okay, it a lot more energy, way more. That's that's kind of what I meant by what I said. Sorry, yeah. this was recorded in July of '80. Um, so like, let's just listen to the beginning of the original one off of Turnstiles. Yeah. Like we said before in yeah. the Ghost of Podcast past, like very, uh, almost like melancholy '80s sitcom vibes. Yeah, almost like a like a John Ritter movie. Yeah, yeah, like just like running through like fall time, catching a football, totally going to college. Yep, wood paneled station wagon driving away. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll see you later, Uncle John. Yeah, totally. And then, and then I guess when the drums kick in, that's what I want to hear. Kick in drums. Here we go. I mean, it's a melancholy song. Yeah. So that's the drums on the not live version. On the studio, yeah. And here go. Yeah, we got you. Here come the drums. Here come the drums. Yeah. Yeah, like it kind of reminds me of like an MTV Unplugged or something. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounded way more just studio can drum on the studio version. Yeah, like that, totally. like hi hat ride, and it, yeah, it it does feel better to hear a band behind it for these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more energy, mm-hmm. and again, this is kind of like a lesser celebrated song, but it sounds yeah. great. I think that I think one thing that I think is kind of interesting on this album. Is that you got a couple songs that? Oh gosh! Sorry, I was just, just like, you can't you, you you can't see on the podcast, but uh, our bodies are recoiling from the taste of. And it. you're not even swallowing it. I'm not even swallowing. Oh my god! Yeah, um, the uh, th- I think that some of these songs are kind of like dark horse songs that are people's favorites. Like when they hear them, oh, on the totally. live, they're like, oh whoa, Summer Highland Falls. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. So that's another reason why I think, you know, I think of live concerts, and I'm like, all right. Sometimes you go, like sometimes a band, when they do a live concert, they stick very close to the original studio versions, but they have these like deep cuts and B-sides that like the true heads are like, oh, wow, this is, they haven't played this in three tours. This right. is so cool. Totally. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's another benefit of the live album is like getting those rare hits. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, maybe like songs like this, you're right, there's probably... Some diehards that are like, wow, I can't believe I'm hearing this. That's like Radiohead creep. Like, they don't play that live that much, right? Yeah. And that's like when you and I went and saw Radiohead. Yeah. We paid a a lot of money for tickets. Yeah, and you just kept yelling, creep. I did. Creep. And they they played it the night after we saw them. Yeah, which is like... And and people were like, they never play it. They never play it. And I was like, when we saw them, they didn't play it. And also, a very tall guy stood in front of me. Yeah. And I was like, man, this was a lot of money to stare at this guy's back. And you're like, what a creep. Also, I remember we left that concert, and I was like, that, that was good. And then your first words to me were, yeah, they're not really known for their live shows. <laughs> I take that back, though, because I've seen them in subsequent tours, <laughs> and they've gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. You saw the smile, too. And I heard. Oh, yeah. And that was one smi- of the best concerts I've ever seen. The smile was an incredible show. Incredible. All right. So the next song, uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, uh, or sorry, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, great song. Very happy about it. Here we go. I love this song. Oh yeah, Street Life Serenader. So and which, also off a of turn. Oh, sorry, no, off, off of a Street Light Serenade. Yeah, <laughs> it's off. It's off the album. It's um, off the titular. It's yeah. a titular track. What's um, weird because on that album, it kind of it's the first track on that album. Yeah, it feels like it's like kind of like one of those like intro tracks, like throat clearing. Mm-hmm. Like tracks, yep, and not one you'd expect to be given the live treatment. It's weird. It's not an album of B sides. No, it's almost like he took his first four albums uh-huh. and then like put them in an iPod shuffle and then just like yeah. whatever the first eight songs that come up. That's what that's what we're playing. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's kind of very random. It, it is very random. Plus, plus like some hits, obviously, which we'll get to. Yeah, but like you know, Piano Man's the fourth album, so right fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, yes, that's almost all hits. Yeah. All right, let's. But, I mean, I really like Street Life Serenader. It's a great song. But this is, it's funny. I made that, I made that statement. Now I don't know if I believe it or not anymore, but I do think, um, um, I really like this song. I don't like this song. I don't like this song anymore. Um, I don't believe in this country anymore. Um, (laughs) but I do, I do think it gives a song like this a lot of power live. Like you, when you hear it on the album, it's kind of wanting to like push forward. And when you can hear that with an audience, I think it really works. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like a song with like it's got acoustic guitar, it's got electric yeah. guitar. It's, it's almost like a, it's like a, it's like a torch song. It's like when you listen to it by yourself, it's very much just like all right here. I like you kind of build up your confidence as you're listening to it. And mm-hmm. I think in this group setting, it feels almost like the whole like everyone in the stadium is just like. Jacking into it, you know, just jacking, Jack, in, just jacking in. People are just freaking jacking in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. plug, plug in that, that guitar solo. Yeah, it, the guitar solo has got a little more rock. Yeah, yeah. It's very like it's almost like a slash, just like yes, totally let, letting go, shredding. Let's hear a little more. Dude, it really does. It's almost yeah. got a little bit of like the it's November a, rain. I was about solo. to say, it almost sounds like it's like about to become November rain. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely got it. That's the stuff I feel like you kind of unleash a little bit more on these versions. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's again, I, I'm going to keep bringing it back to this. Like, why do we like live albums? And I think that's that's another version of a live album, which is like the Grateful Dead thing where it's like you've heard these songs many times before, mm-hmm. but like. To get a solo, to get a to get a get a moment that you're just watching happen in the moment, and kind of being invented mm-hmm. by just the chemistry of the room and and how the person's feeling, mm-hmm. that's an electrifying feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's very easy to capture as a recording of a live thing, mm-hmm. but if you know, you know. If you listen to ten versions of this live, and all of a sudden you hear the guitar solo that just like works, yeah. Hmm. Mm. I love that you just keep going back to the wine, though. I I am like brute forcing it. I'm just trying to I get know. through it. Yeah, look, it's it's not good. I love I love on the label it contains sulfates. Yeah, no shit. So it's great. I mean, question. you could tell. You could tell. Like Liberty DeVito is probably having a blast. Yeah, hitting those notes and kind of doing the interplay. It, it it sounds way more fun. Yeah, and spontaneous than the studio version. Turns out, what we just heard, mm-hmm. um, uh, Los Angelinos was at Toad's Toad's place in New Haven. Capacity seven fifty. Wow. I think it's actually pretty cool that in a live album like this. They they actually do go to some small clubs. So this is one right. that I think I think better. I think better. Yeah. Because if you listen to the like this is the original. 
seconds. Yeah. yeah. Like, that feels like you're in a rock club. It's the, great. The new one, yeah. And the, and the soloing. So, like, where do we stand now? I, I You know, Miami, I think studio's better. Miami and then and the better. next three, I think, yeah, the lives are probably all better. I kind of think they are. I mean, it, if it if not better, at least just as good. But I think that yeah. I think that Los Angelinos is definitely better. Okay, right, so moving on. Moving on. Now we're back to original Joel, Cold Spring Harbor Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah. is first track on Cold Spring Harbor, right? Uh, for yeah, first track. So yeah, the first track, and actually at another small club. This one was um, uh. Nine hundred <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's baby. This was this was recorded on Epstein Island. All right, here we go. She, <laughs> she's got away. Billy Joel playing on Epstein Island. <laughs> she's got a whoa whoa. How old is this girl? Oh my god. This one's for you, Andrew. She's got away. The song's about Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> is it Ghislaine or Gislaine? It's Ghislaine. I read it and I just. Here's the thing. It's Ghislaine, but she lives on Gislaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. She's got a way I mean, it's already better than the studio version that's sped up. She's got a smile. So, as I was saying before, like, I think this had to have been recorded at a club because the, the piano has to be present. Yeah, totally. And if this was at a giant arena, this song, the recording of it would probably get messed up because you're not getting that. Like, I can hear the keys yeah. indent on this. Like, I can I can hear the, the room of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go a little further into it. She's got a way I mean, also, how crazy to be like in 1980, you're just seeing Billy Joel in a room of like 900 people. It's wild. Insane. you think about the voice it's coming from and and this is important it's like mm-hmm. it's like sinatra when he was later in life and he sang about lost love and and you know remorse and all these things the 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 fact that his voice was older yeah added so much more like gravitas and like pain to it yeah. i think that hearing an older billy joel granted it's only probably what 10 years older it it definitely feels more lived in, I guess. I think so, definitely. And I almost think it it serves the it serves a song. Better. Yeah, I think it does too. I think it totally does. Next one, yeah. Really stoked about it. Uh, I am too because it's the last side side A song. <laughs> so you don't finally get this one. Here we go. Oh yeah. Um, immediately, yeah. I w- I'm going to go ahead and say I think better. Yeah. Because of, I think musically they got a twelve-string guitar just yeah. cracking a cracking away here. It, you know what it almost sounds like. I what? That opening. Hold on. I know what I, I know what I think it almost yeah. sounds like. And, I, and you know what? I, I'm going to caveat this with saying that I've, I've listened to some of our previous episodes just preparing for this second season, and I realized like half of our show is just like eh, it sounds like this, and then we look it up and we're like. Eh, it's silly. It doesn't do anything. But anyway, it kind of sounds like Pinball Wizard. That's exactly. There you go. Hey, we agree. Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, totally. It does. It does. It does sound like that. Hey, we 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 finally found our thing that we we think things sound the same. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is uh, yeah. But also just. Dude, he just sounds like he's just like plowing ahead at his prime right there. Yeah, and it actually sounds like a song that has life. Like yeah, when you hear when you hear the original one, it's a fine song. We've talked about it. like everyone loves you now. It's it's great, but it, it kind of just feels of its time. And now I'm hearing this now, and I'm just like, I could see like a modern band covering this. Totally, this is the original. Yeah, way more piano, not as much. Maybe all the lights will turn on you. Now you're in the center of the stage. Yeah. 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 Much better. It's great. It's like a, it's like a rock song. It's just got like momentum to it. Maybe all. Let's just go to. I'm gonna say this. I mean, listen to that. Yeah. It's like, it's like victory lap, Joel. Absolutely. It's like he's like, I fucking, like halfway through performing this song, and he knows the crowd, and he knows who he is now, and he yeah. knew that he fucking succeeded. He's yeah. just like, I fucking told you. I've told you how good this song was. Mm-hmm. And you, like, I had to fucking change it. I had to, like, Artie Rip had to take some money. Mm-hmm. But I fucking, you, I know. And, he, and, and he's just like, he's yeah. just living it, and it's yeah. great. You're right. Victory lap, Joel, is a great way to put it. All right, well, <clears throat> that is um, that was also recorded in a club of 900 people. I love it. Uh, well, um, let's see. Between me and you and the Staten Island Ferry, that's side one. <laughs> You're bringing it back. Side A, baby. Yeah. All right, let's um, let's uh, take let's a little break. Throw up. Let's go. Let's go. Put our finger down our throats, and I uh, will brush my teeth, and uh, we'll come back for side B. And we're back for side B of songs in the attic. Yes, um, we uh, we 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 finished that first bottle of wine. I didn't even drink it. That was terrible. And it it's it really got me. This is a terrible idea to just be like, yeah, let's grab what we. What we realized doing this podcast is we don't know anything about picking wine. That's true. Hopefully, hopefully, mine is better. Uh, I just picked it because it's. It's been in my house for a bit. I don't really know where it came from. Yeah. Sometimes you get gifted wine. Yeah. Sometimes you have relatives. They bring a bunch of wine and you don't drink it all. Yeah. And it's just sitting here. And it's uh, I, I grabbed it. It's called Rabbit Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually called Rabbit It's called spaghetti. Rabbit and Spaghetti. Is that an and or G? Uh, I think it's Rabbit and Spaghetti. I guess so. Oh, there's a little blurb. Um, rabbit. I just looked. Uh, rabbit and spaghetti. Rabbit yeah. and spaghetti. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, yeah. Um, it's it. I just looked it up. It's got two hundred and forty-seven mentions of black fruit notes. 
Oh, wow. That's just like this album, 247 <laughs> Mentions of Black Fruit Notes. That's, That's yeah. what Billy's playing on the black keys. Mm-hmm. All right, well, pop it, cork it. Yep. And we're going to oh, go ahead and... should probably talk. It's a... Uh, oh, yeah. It's an Australian Shiraz. Nice. You know the difference between a Shiraz and a Shiraz? I don't. It's just nothing. Oh, same deal? Yeah, so te- basically Shiraz is, is kind of the weird Australian lingo-y way to say Syrah. Here we go. Um, already this looks... Uh, yeah. I, I smelled the mic. I meant to smell your wine. It's not your mic. I'm hammered. Do you know that? So I was going to say this. I know you didn't dry January. You do actually absorb alcohol through your tongue. I was wondering if I was going to like by osmosis get a little tipsy. Yeah. I mean, so subliminal is the is the. It's probably the the most absorbing like part of your body in terms of like getting chemicals into your bloodstream. Your tongue is under your tongue. Under your tongue. Yeah. What the listeners can't see, though, is that this entire time as I've been drinking wine, I've been wearing a dental dam. Oh, you are. So you can't. Uh, it's, a, it's, just, it's, going down over, it's going down over my shirt. You can't. <laughs> dental dam. I haven't been. None of it's been really been. I haven't Dude, were you old enough? <laughs> you were older than me, so you probably were. But like, you're in like health class in middle school, yeah. and they're talking about like safe <laughs> sex. There, there's condoms, and then there's dental dam. <laughs> make sure all you make sure all you kids make sure all you kids out there use it just wrapping your face in latex so go get a get dental dam oh man I'm carrying I, around my dental dam tonight I can't tonight. wait to get to college where everyone's got a dental dam <laughs> oh that's I, listen I'm moving to New York City man you just, every day you just see dental dams all over the place you probably need a dental you know what I needed a dental dam for that last one you did alright really did alright so and we're back alright let's drink the wine let's drink this one mmm 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 ooh it's good mm-hmm. it's definitely fruit forward but compared to the last wine it's very dry mmm um, wow! You emptied your spit cup. I did empty the spit cup. Okay, good. Was I not supposed to do that? No, no, but yeah, that's great. Uh, <coughs> so I gotta say this: spicy, L- spicy. Yeah, lots of black fruit. Yeah, a little, little bit of almost like tobacco. Ooh, um, black. Um, maybe black pepper, but like so tannic that it like dries out the back of my tongue. So I. Don't, I I'm not saying the tannicness. Maybe maybe it's not tannic. Maybe it's just the acidity on it that's mm. right out to my tongue. There's a spiciness to it. There's a lot of spice to it. Oh. Which is typical of a Shiraz, I believe. Ooh, it smells Shiraz. great. Dude, I, ooh, this is really getting me yeah. going. I'm going to have to get out that dental dam again. We should. This actually makes me want to eat. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, I'm like, oh, this is a wine. Then I'm like, I want food mm. with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Damn, uh, dental dam. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. You want like a leg of lamb or something with that? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Back, 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 and Joel. Oh, can I? Uh, before we get to Joel, can I? Uh, uh, one of our listeners, oh. faithful listeners, uh, decided they needed to send us a gift. No way. It's incredibly thoughtful. Um, let's pull it out here. I've kept, I've kept this a surprise. <clears throat> There's two of them, one for each of us. Come on. And uh, 
<gasps> there we go. What is this? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Bill, okay, what we're looking at right now, it says from a piano man to an innocent man, Billy Joel Live. It's got a picture. It's a it's a book. It's it's a fan magazine. It's a fan this is incredible. It's the official Billy Joel fan magazine. It's the root beer rag. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Bill, and you and Cor- First of all, you guys can't see it. There's no visual. It, it's it's way bigger than a magazine. Yeah, it, it is like a supersized magazine. It's like it it's it's like if there was like a scholarly journal it's or like something. It's like 20 inches tall. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's definitely like twenty like, inches by a foot. Yeah, it's it's yeah, easy. It's um this is crazy. It's and it's like very thick paper, very glossy, very oh, yeah. thick. Dude, if you subscribed back in the day, yeah, if you subscribed to the root beer rag, this you would definitely get your money's worth. I mean, yeah. Uh listen, you could order shirts back in the day, it says Shirts available in small, medium, large, and extra large. Make check or money order payable to Root Beer Rags Limited. Yeah. Please do not send cash. Only send U.S. currency. Uh, only U.S. currency accepted. They, they have an interview with Billy Joel. Dude, they've got... We got photos of the entire band. Here. Is, is this just a... Wait, is, this is a portrait... There's a there's a watercolor portrait drawn of him, and you can order it as a poster. It almost looks like a it's just like an artist rendering of Billy Joel in here. Yeah. This is insane. Who's this? This is. Can we say who it's from? Uh, it's from it's it's from a, a listener, an acquaintance of ours, uh, Colin. Colin, thank you so much. This is insane. Yeah, I've been holding on. To, he sent us this. Tail end of last season, and we took a big break, and uh, I've just been holding on to these. There's a Q&A. There's a, there, if you have a question for Billy, send it to the Rag Bag. Yeah. Care of Root Beer Rags Limited. Uh, let's just read one of the questions. Um, let's see. Uh, where was the concert portion to the Goodnight Saigon videotape? Goodnight Saigon off an island curtain. Yeah. Uh, the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. Um, what do you think is your best song on Innocent Man, and which do you think is your best album yet? Ellie Feingold from Seattle, Washington. Billy says, since I feel my songs are my children, I can't hold one above the other. However, some days I lean more towards a certain song depending on my mood. These days I lean towards this night, and I think Nylon Curtain is the best album so far. Here you go. What's your favorite band and song for 1983? Julie Cherist from Clarkston, Mississippi. The Police, King of Pain. Hmm. All right. Uh, Kicking off side B. Here we go. That's, yeah, that's the Phil Spector drums. They really leaned into um, mm-hmm. a lot of acoustic guitar on these on these live ones. Yeah, because uh, listen to listen to the album version. Uh, yeah, a little, little bigger drums. You oh, yeah. hear more. But they have the clavinets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, longer intro on the yeah. live one, but you, but you, I feel like they're leaning more. The the guitar is more prominent on the live. I mean, I like it. I think it's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just want to hear how this one ends. Hang on. Oh, it ends. It ends with some hot Stegmire. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say, yeah. Uh, maybe just as good in a different way. Don't know if it's better than the album. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't tell if it's way. if this one tops it, but it feels good. It doesn't feel worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, th- this has always bugged me about... Um, not bugged me, but I've always been curious about this. So you get live albums, right? Right. So this was, this was recorded in Milwaukee. The next one you said was Philadelphia? Uh, yeah, the next one's right. the Spectrum, yeah. So you listen to this album. One song ends. Mm-hmm. People cheer. Yep. The cheering continues. Mm-hmm. The next song starts. Yep. Whose job is it and how do they do it where they blend one track of one audience into the next track of the other audience to make it seem like it's just continuing from one concert to the other? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably the... the um probably the studio engineer that's recording the album, I guess. And is that hard? It's mixing the album. Is it like, do they have to find certain moments where it doesn't sound jarring or is it literally just like crossfade? I I bet, I bet that it's easy unless you have someone in the audience going, all right, (laughs) if you've got that guy, then it's going to be tough. Um, I bet, you know, I, I, you know, you and I, we've edited things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've edited things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. bet it, it's the same deal. Like, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet that you probably got a patch under some crowd stuff. Yeah, because I bet there's somewhere it does sound kind of weird. If you're going from a 900 person club to the Milwaukee Arena, I mean, let's go ahead. Yeah, and, let's right? go. Let's go ahead and um, this this is the end of Say Goodbye to Hollywood. Yeah. We're gonna go straight into Captain Jack, which I, you know. So, sounded pretty seamless, but. And also, I guess my other question is like, at what point does like just crowd noise become ubiquitous and like they no longer need to record crowd noise? It's just they got it all. Like an A, like at this point, I think an AI could figure out crowd noise. Mm -hmm. Like it, it has. But like, so then I don't know. It's just there's something so weird about recording crowd noise. Yeah. So there's this is very interesting. Like, there's a Beatles live album, live at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's almost unlistenable because it's like height of Beatlemania and people are just fucking screaming their heads off and you can barely hear the band. Then there's stuff with like, I think it's like Rolling Stones got live if you want it, where they edited in people screaming Mm. and it ruined the music. Interesting. Then there's stuff where they take studio versions mm-hmm. and pipe in live noises to make it seem like a live version. Mm-hmm. Then they have stuff where they overdub a live backing with studios. It's there's so many different ways to do it. And again, like what's the best version of a live album? That's my that's my, that's my like big picture music question for this episode. Mm-hmm. 
Is like there... what? What do you want out of a live album? Okay, so a live album that I've been listening to recently mm-hmm. is uh, Bob Seger Live Bullet. Great, great album. Great. Like it's basically, it's. I think it's recorded in like 1980 earlier yeah. than that. It's recorded in like the 70s. And yeah, and it's him before a lot of huge. It's like he's got some big Seeger hits, but it's before a lot of really big Seeger hits. And uh, like it's before Hollywood Nights. It's before Night Moves. One thing that's great out of that album is it's it's great performances, but but also it, there's like a very moment in time about it where he's like. You know, before we started this thing, I read an article that said Detroit audiences are the best. And I already knew that. And everyone's like, yeah. yeah. And then like he brings people out and he just talks about like you just you were like, I'm listening to something that was documented yeah. at a moment in time. This was a, a moment in Seeger's career. And that's what I want out of it. I want like a historical yeah. document. It's got Hollywood Nights on it. It's got. Yeah. uh Oh, it's got Main Street. Good Lord. Dude, Main Street. Oh, that song will make you cry. Fire Down Below. Fire Down Below is amazing. Um, Against uh, the Wind. Yeah. Does it have... Does it, it? Night Moves. Yeah, Night Moves is amazing. Is that our next season? Is, uh, are we... Are we uh, Dude, if we... If Bob we, Seger and just drinking uh, Detroit Motor Bob Roll. Seger and Deacon, drink, drinking Seagrams. Yeah. Seven and Seven and Seeger. <laughs> yeah, seven like and Seven that. and Seeger. Seven and... <laughs> Every yeah. episode, we just drink a bunch of seven and sevens and talk about Seeger. Either, well, actually, no. We just have to drink the Silver Bullet. We got to drink Coors Light. Yeah, I guess first first side of the album we drink seven and sevens. Seagrams and finish silver. it up. Seagrams and silver. Sevens and Seagrams and Seagrams and Seeger. Seagrams and Seeger. How much of this red wine have you had? Dude, I drink most. Of- ah! Oh man! All right, we got to get back to this Billy Joel album. Um, <laughs> Oh geez, maybe we will go. I'd love to do a Seeger season. Okay, yeah. so uh, Captain Jack, um, I kind of think um, I, I think it's 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 not better than it is in the album. It's just a different version. You can't get better than the album version of Captain Jack. It's pretty hard. All right, so this is Captain Jack. Um, okay, hold on. So yeah, that, that, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. And check it in. Did you hear everyone cheered for you said at home and masturbate? Yeah. Like, How are they cheering if they're only using one hand? Good question. First of all, the, the opening of the studio version's amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna say I I think studio is way better than I think I, I agree. Hold on. Bed, and that's too long. Studio, studio, yeah. studio wins. Trumps it. Okay. Um, all right. Next one. Yeah. Live at the Bayou. Another small club. Oh yeah. This is this is okay. This is weird because this song is from Piano Man, but I always yeah. feel like it could have been on Cold Spring Harbor. Yeah, it feels early. I also like. So when we first played this song in the last episode or whatever episode we did it mm-hmm. i think i started just cracking up because that gypsy line is just ridiculous yeah you see the crazy gypsy in my soul i mean but like it's so cheesy and stupid steal your but here's the thing listening to it live and the way like i didn't have the urge to just laugh when yeah. you look into my eyes 
And you see the crazy gypsy in my soul. Okay, so it's like, is it the way he says it? Because like this is the this is the yeah. studio one. This is the album. Great. I will say the mix on the uh, studio is great. Yeah, it is. When you look into my eyes and you see the crazy gypsy in my soul. <laughs> I don't know. Why. You know what I think it is? I think the studio is just it 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 sets it up so well. Yeah. It sets up the music and everything so well that it feels like profound almost. Mm-hmm. And then he just the, the lyric just whiffs it and it's mm-hmm. funny. I think in the live setting, it's like they don't have the benefit of having this like kind of like Beatlesque pop, yeah, intro. Yeah, I think we're we got two more. two for one on the studio side. Yeah, we are. Yeah, Captain Jack and uh, Captain Jack and Sega by the Hollywood. Wait, are we, what's our verdict on uh, "You're My Home"? Are we saying it's 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 more of a studio one or more of a live one? I think I, to me, I think it's a it's an evens. It's like it might they're, be they're both evens. goods. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one, live at MSG, Ballad of Billy the Kid. Oh yeah. Got to be honest, a little bummed that he didn't just throw in root beer rag on this one. Kind of wish he would have just done it. Just, what? Even if it was like a weird solo in the middle of another song. Absolutely. Even if another song was going and then he just like was playing piano and then he goes. It's slightly different. Like these are different chords. Did he have that Monty Python? Um, the Monty Python, like coconut, coconut clicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's in the studio. That's in the yeah. studio one, yeah. I assume someone's playing harmonica. Probably him, right? Yeah, I bet he's playing harmonica. All right, let's 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 kick it up a little bit. Yeah. And his age and his size took the thunder by surprise, and the word spread of Billy the Kid. I think this one's better live. Yeah. Well, I feel like this the, the original song itself, it's like a tribute to Aaron Copeland. Right. True. So it, it needs to be orchestrated and it needs to have this bombast and this like full feeling. I don't know if they capture it in the live show. Let's do it. Let's just hold on one more time. This is what we need to hear live. So this is studio. Yeah. Okay, that's so, an orchestra. All right, so live. <laughs> all right, never mind. Studio, studio all the way. <laughs> oh, I think I think you're right. I, I think, think studio. studio. I think that remind. That's a little too John Teshi for me, right there. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move to the last one. Mm-hmm. Live at the Horizon in Chicago. It's it, it's a weird choice to end the album, in my opinion. It's from Turnstiles. Mm-hmm. It's I've loved these days. Yeah. So now we take our time I love this song. I've said this before. And spend 
It's hard. This one's hard. This one's tough. Because I kind of wanted to be bigger right there. That goes back to what I've been trying to say this whole time, which is like, what is a live album? What does it mean to you? Why do we do it? Why do we listen to it? Why do we buy it? Why do we market it? Mm -hmm. And I think with this one, I think I'm going to air on studio. I think it puts it about half and half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think my assessment at the beginning of it being... If it beating most of the studio, I think I was wrong. Yeah. I think it's about half and half, and I think some of them are a draw. I yeah. Captain Jack, there's no way you can beat. you. There's no way you can beat the studio of Captain Jack. No. I mean, that's, that's kind and of You instinctively gift. know it, and, and you just know that there's no... But, like, everybody loves you now. I think they do beat it. But that yes. makes sense because that's one of the earliest Billy Joel songs. He's really grown. I don't know. Al- live albums are still a mystery to me. Yeah. I just think, what's your favorite live album? <sighs> That's really tough. Um, uh, I mean, that Seeger one that I've been listening to, yeah. just because that's in my head. But like, no, I don't. I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. I don't know what my favorite live album is. I'm gonna have to think about that. Uh, maybe. Well, I don't know. There's a. <laughs> this is obscure. Uh, there's an Archer's, there's an Archer's a Loaf album called yeah. Seconds Seconds Before the Incident, mm-hmm. and the reason it's my favorite live album. This kind of answers your question, or it's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. is because it's the last two concerts before they broke up for like 15 years. Yeah, and so it's their last two recorded concerts, them playing all their hits, and and also I was at both those shows. That's another reason. That's cool. Was uh does the la- does the last waltz count as a live album? Yeah, of course. I'm trying to think what other ones that like people uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah, that's Cash. one that people talk about. That's a, that's a, that's one that people talk about. Um, Nirvana Unplugged. That's a, that's a, that's that. Right I was there. gonna say that's a classic yeah. live album. Nirvana Unplugged. But there's covers. There are a ton of covers on that one. I think that they kind of like threw the whole thing for a loop. There's tons of covers. Uh, Stop making sense. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And although al- to me the, the that's more about the movie. Stop Making Sense is the best concert movie ever made. I've gone to a theater and seen that concert movie and cheered. Hmm. And I think making applause and cheering in movie theaters is the dumbest thing in the world. It only really makes sense when you're on an airplane and you land successfully. (laughs) I think that's when you need to cheer. Sure. No, I just, I always thought it was weird. And like you, you know, you and I, we've been to like industry screenings where the people who made the movie are there. Yeah. And it's I, like, I it makes sense to be like... People cheered it. Yeah, afterward. And it makes sense to be like, okay, we're clapping because the person's here. But even that feels weird. Mm-hmm. But like, when you go to a fucking regular ass movie at the AMC, and like, it ends and people cheer. Scary movie. Everybody <laughs> cheers at the end of it, no matter what. But like, I just feel weird. It just feels fucking weird. No one, like, no who's, who cares? I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like the triumph of the human spirit a little bit, you know? And you're like, yeah, we did it. I guess so. No, I know what you're saying. Well, that was um, a very different episode of the podcast. It was. I, I I didn't drink any wine. I drank too much wine. You drank too much wine and, and some bad wine. Um, and we went through our first Billy Joel live album. We're going to at least do uh, Billy Joel uh, tossing things in Russia. Yeah, so I think uh, we should we should figure this out because I think 
I think the end point of the studio albums is River and Dreams, but I think we definitely have to do the classical album. But then after that, like I think there's been like five or six live albums randomly put out. But he's 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 done. I don't think it's worth doing those live albums. But I think it's worth doing the Russia one. Mm-hmm. And then and then we'll see. We'll go from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Uh, hey, listen. We want to say thank you to Colin for sending us the root beer. Rags. Colin, let me tell you about Colin. Yeah, tell me. He is a friend of mine named Colin. Colin, thank you for the root beer rag. He's three boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, your barrel laughs, Bill. Um, uh, Cotlin, thank you for the root beer rags. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Give it a rating on Spotify and give it a follow and a rating. All right, hey, listen, thank you. Good night, Vietnam. <laughs> Goodbye. This has been Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, hosted by Bill Granberg and Corey Cabin. The podcast is produced by Jeremy Balin. If you enjoyed this episode, check us out on the socials at Rosé Instead. That's Rosé underscore Instead on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. For more information on the wines featured in this podcast, check out Celery.com. That's C-E-L-L-A-R-Y.com. Thanks for listening. Um... I bet you know I, I, you know, you and I, we've edited things. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 I mm-hmm. bet it, it's the same deal. Like that's what I'm asking. Seltzer Kings podcasts.